I was in a four-year situationship and the amount of coincidences and serendipity, like we would run into each other at these just like insane junctures, just stuff that seemed very cosmic. And so it kind of made me think that, oh, we're meant to be together because the universe keeps putting us together. And I found so much content to support that belief. Oh, they're your soulmate. They're your twin flame. You're supposed to struggle and you'll keep running into each other and it's like overcome it. But it was BS. In the end, I totally wasn't meant to be with him. Welcome to another episode. I'm Talia. I'm a dating coach. And on Dating Intentionally, I'm sharing no-nonsense advice for navigating modern dating with confidence and ease, whether you've been on dozens of dates or you're just getting started. I believe dating can be fun, but it can also be a decade-long journey full of lessons we learn the hard way. At least, that's how our guest today would describe it. And I can't wait for you to hear our discussion about dating. Today, I'm talking to dating creator and author Lauren Josephine. Lauren recently published her book, Looking for Something Serious, which is packed with stories, laughs, and lessons from a decade of online dating. Lauren and I connected on Instagram, and we live near each other, so we've actually met in person, and she's a gem. I love the advice she shares on her page at Looking for Something Serious, all one word, and it's spot on. Lauren pulls from her own dating experience of going on over 200 dates over the course of a few years, and her mission is to be an advocate for single people everywhere by validating how emotionally taxing a modern dating journey can be. Lauren's book, which you can grab on Amazon, walks you through her journey of countless dates that led her to situationships, dead ends, and little traumas. It's super relatable. I'm about halfway through, and it's like on every page, there's a nugget of advice within our stories that touch on confusing micro-relationships, rejection, relationship anxiety, love addiction, and coping with the relentless fear of ending up alone. But it's not a sad read by any means. Lauren maintains an optimistic vibe throughout her book, and I really hope you check it out. In this interview, I got to ask Lauren about her dating journey, how to snap out of being hung up on someone, why advice around cultivating your feminine energy is really just advice for being a cool girl, and the unconventional way she met her partner after deleting the dating apps. Let's get into it. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. What's going on? Hey, yeah, so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. I love that we're doing this on a rainy day. It's like very perfect timing. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So to kick this off, I just want to ask you, what would your answer to this hinge prompt be? Okay. I'm weirdly attracted to dot, dot, dot. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is weird. I would say like really nice hands and fingers. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Is that like, okay, for you, is it about the nails, the shape of the hands? Like, what is it? For some reason, it's like the nails and the fingers. Like I can't stand like weird fingers and weird I mean dirty nails is obviously like gross but there's just a certain nail shape that icks me out <laughs> I can't explain it but I am with you I I can't stand like long nails on a guy it's like cut your nails yeah, Ew, yeah. <laughs> you're making a face <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay well that's a great one would you put that on a hinge profile I know I don't think I would because people I love it people would be yeah be like why can't be too honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. For context, I, I already talked about this, but we met, we met online, you and me. We went on Instagram for friends, for local. And one thing, when I first started following you, I noticed that you talked about how you also went on over 200 dates in your search for love. So how, okay, how many years was that? Like, 
you think like what's your what do you count as your dating journey because in your book you have it split up in chapters of like the eras i count it from around age 22 which is when i started online dating with okcupid before dating apps and then i i started going on dates then it wasn't super high volume i probably went on the majority of my dates between like 2018 and 2022 so that was like the the era of a lot of dates okay and how would you describe that dating journey like 2018 to 2022 in three words frustrating (laughs) let's see entertaining and lonely actually okay we had one positive word there well i know I mean, okay, speaking of entertaining, like, yes, thank you for, you know, using your stories for this extremely entertaining book that you have. And speaking of that, like, what made you want to write this book? Like, you had this, this insane dating journey. (laughs) What was like, the moment of like, you know what, I need to put this on paper, I need to distribute this. Yeah. So as you could tell, like, two of my words that I used were negative. And so I think, of course, as all good art, it's inspired by like emotion and difficult experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I personally had a lot of struggle with dating in general. And I felt really alone for a long time about it because I don't know whether it was my friends didn't talk about it or it's just in general, like people didn't talk about the struggle with dating apps as much back then. And so I was just felt like I was uniquely struggling with it. And Mm. later on, I learned, of course, my struggle was not unique and more people need to be talking about this. And number one, there are funny things like, let me share these ridiculous stories, but also like, let's talk about the the realness and the the hardship and the struggle. And I wanted to help other people feel less alone. I love that. And you're so right. That's part of why I started my account as well. It's like, we need to be talking about this. We need to be like trading information and sharing stories and just making like making you other people feel like they're less alone. I love that. And I think you really have accomplished that with your book and your your Instagram, which is amazing. So you had a lot of experience. What is some bad dating advice you followed in your journey? Oh, man, there were so many rules that I followed. The set of rules that I followed that were kind of the most damaging was this whole like feminine energy thing. That was huge for me because I felt like I was really looking for answers about, you know, how to attract the men I want. And so I really like delved deep into this feminine energy thing. And what I learned was it was just this really rigid way of being that kind of was like a new age cool girl. Like it was Mm. putting on this act, like it was acting in this role of being feminine, which meant like leaning back, never chasing, never asking the guy out, always letting him pursue, make the plans, all of that. And some of that, I guess, is like decent advice, but just putting it in this idea of like being feminine was pretty toxic to me because it ended up just making me act weird. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Like, where did this advice lead you to in your dating journey? Like, how did you know that it wasn't working? Yeah. So it made me be a lot more passive than I would be normally. I'm a planner. I like to control things (laughs) sometimes. So it was really unnatural for me to just lean back and let the guy lead or not lead. Sometimes it would just mean that I'd have these relationships that would just go nowhere. And it was really frustrating. And then because I didn't want to ask questions or push the guy too much, I would end up in situationships because I didn't want to ask for clarity. I didn't want to rock the boat because I wanted to be feminine. 
And then I would get three months in and it would go nowhere. And I'm like, wow, I could have figured this out like two dates in if I just asked. Right. I agree. I am also not a huge fan of the masculine feminine dynamic advice. And I know you've gotten way deeper into it than I have. So you know more about what it's about. But to me, it just seems like a lot of agency is removed from feminine women, I get or whatever, you know, like dating, because it's like you have to just sit back constantly, like you were saying. And it's like, what about your needs and your timeline and your, you know, it's like, where does that come in? No, I totally agree. And yeah, so much of it was just like, let the man lead the timeline, but then you could be waiting for years. It's like, what is the point of that? It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. It's like, both are important. Like, both, yeah, both energies, whatever you want to call it, are important. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad that you spoke to this because I do feel like it's everywhere right now on social media. It's like the people ask me about it all the time. I'm sure they ask you. And it's just kind of like, to me, it makes it more complicated than it has to be dating. Really, we should just be communicating clearly what we're thinking, feeling, what we need. And I don't feel like these dynamics allow us to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember while I was kind of undergoing this feminine energy lens, like I would want to respond to a text in a certain way or act a certain way, but I would pause and be like, wait, does this follow the feminine energy rules? And then I would like change my response. And it was just, it was so unnatural. Oof, yeah, no, we, we, we want you guys to be authentic, right? Authenticity in dating. So masculine feminine energy stuff aside, what are some other pitfalls you encountered on your dating journey? Like when we were talking offline, you mentioned you would get stuck on quote unquote signs <laughs> that someone was quote unquote meant to be. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. This is a, this is a whole saga in my book, but I think that this is, it's hard. The whole signs thing is really hard because again, I think when you're single and you're lonely and you're trying to look for direction about like what you should do and why you should do it, you can kind of read into maybe signs from the universe a little bit more than you should. And so I was in a four-year situationship and the amount of coincidences and serendipity, like we would run into each other at these just like insane junctures and like at Burning Man, just stuff that seemed very cosmic. And so it kind of made me think that, oh, we're meant to be together because the universe keeps putting us together. And I found so much content to support that belief. Like it was like, oh, they're your soulmate. They're your twin flame. You're supposed to struggle and you'll keep running into each other. And it's like overcome it. But it was BS. In the end, I totally wasn't meant to be with him. And I should have paid attention to like the real grounded signs that we weren't together. Do you think that if you look for signs, you're going to find them? I do think so. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of the case. It's like if you look for like, oh my God, like we have the same mug. Like, I don't know. Like, like at school. So I remember like feeling that at school, in school. Like, oh my God, we got school supplies at the same place <laughs> or like something random. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. One of the guys I was like so into, like our moms had the same birthday and I was like, that's it. Like we're meant to be together. Wait, that's hilarious. I feel like now yeah, I want to crowdsource on Instagram. Like, what are the dumb signs that you thought you were meant to be with someone? That's a great question. <laughs> but it, like, in all seriousness, I think it does. It's like this is a way we can emotionally trip ourselves up. It's like, meanwhile, this person has no idea that you're even having these thoughts or on this like mental journey of like creating these signs, and you're over here just in in despair right? Because it's like, it's oh not God. a relationship. So can you talk more yes. about that? Like, did you experience that? 
100%. Another thing that's like related to signs is having dreams about them and like really reading into the dreams, which is so frustrating because you obviously can't control your dreams. But it was, again, one of those things where I kept thinking, I just, I'm meant to be, I need to wait for him to become ready to be with me. And like that, it just kept me stuck on him. And I think this type of thinking keeps people stuck for so long because it's like he would, I should have read the signs. Like he told me he wasn't, didn't want to be in a relationship. He was like literally dating someone else. He did like break up with her and come back to me, but the writing on the wall was there of like emotionally unavailable, don't do it. But I just stayed stuck because of all the signs. What, what do you think you got out of that at that time? Like, how is that serving you? Because I feel like it's like we do it because there is something that we're getting out of it. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think for me, it was kind of hanging on to this, this fantasy and this hope so that I didn't have to feel alone. Like that feeling of loneliness of not having any prospects and just being like fully actually single with nothing on the horizon is terrifying. And so- yeah. Yeah, like having a situationship and this kind of like dream that you're this fantasy that you're holding on to, like temporarily like helps that loneliness feeling, even though obviously it's not a good way to cope. Man, you're so right. Like it's like almost like the idea of someone is better than not having any quote unquote prospects. Like he was a hope. There was a something and maybe it was like a a wish you know, a dream, whatever. Yeah. I definitely have had experience like that too, but maybe like when I was way younger, like I feel like in high school or in middle school, even (laughs) in college, that was a lot of my dating experiences, like these, the signs, like hoping, but what's your advice for getting unstuck? How do you get out of it? Yeah. So I think what was really important for me was accepting that some of these were signs, like there, there was no denying the coincidence and the serendipity of it, but the signs didn't mean that we were meant to be together. Like they meant that we were an important part of each other's journey. Like this whole experience completely broke me and transformed me in a way that I'm now incredibly grateful for. And I think that is really the lesson is that, you know, you're allowed to have the signs. Some people might be your soulmate, but they're not your soulmate in the last forever, happily ever after type of way. It's more of they're the type of person that came into your life they're going to cause you to undergo this like really big transformation, these big changes, probably get to know yourself more, which is definitely the case for me. And then they're not meant to stay forever. And that's okay. Like we are mm-hmm. allowed to have these monumental experiences with people and then also not have it mean that we're going to marry them. Really well said. I mean, how did you know, like, what was the like, I have to let this person go now? What was that moment? Yeah. Great question. So I got like another very crazy sign where I just like was sitting with myself and I asked myself what to do. And I got this guidance from above to like text him on a certain day. And I was like, this is insane. I'm not going to do it. And then the day before I was supposed to text him, I saw him running and I was like, I haven't seen him in two years. Like this is the sign I have to text him. So I did. And then again, we hadn't talked in two years and he was like, Hey, like, good to hear from you. I just moved in with my girlfriend. And I was like, Oh my God. Wow. Wow. Be done. (laughs) It's like a record scratch moment. Like, Oh, we are on different planets. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Damn. Okay. Well, I guess like, it's good. You texted him then like you needed to do that. Otherwise who knows when you would have snapped out of it. 100%. And again, that's why I'm like, there was a sign. It was true, but it wasn't guiding me towards 
marrying him. It was guiding me towards texting him so I could finally grieve him and let it go. Love it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So I want to talk a little bit about how you met your partner, Grant. I was shocked when you first told me this story. So can you share with us how, how that happened? Yeah, totally. It's like one of my favorite stories to tell. So at the beginning, actually rather the end of 2021, I had this horrible love bombing experience and it was like a last straw for me and I deleted my dating apps and I was like, you know what? These are not serving me in the way that I need to. I'm going to stop dating apps. I'm going to quit drinking alcohol. New year, new me. So a few months later, like March 2022, I had a bunch of random old matches from dating apps pop up as they do. And for whatever reason, they decided to like, all, each of them decided to overshare to me in some inappropriate way. <laughs> it was very strange. And so I went to Reddit, my favorite place in the world to discuss dating. Um, <laughs> was that sarcastic? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I legit love it. You love it. it. I, yeah. I have other thoughts. Okay. We'll come back to that. <laughs> and this was before I had my Instagram account. So like now I go there to discuss dating. But before it was the dating over 30 subreddit. So I posted this thread. I called it the oversharing phenomenon. And I was basically just like, what's up with this? Why are dudes oversharing to me? And it got popular, the thread, and it got a lot of comments. And one of the comments was from my now partner, Grant. And he just left some, I don't even remember what it was, but it was something just about boundaries. And I was like, oh, what a nice comment. I didn't really think anything more of it. And then within the day, he decided to DM me on Reddit. And like his DM was very unassuming. It was polite. It was just like, hey, I really liked what you had to say. Um, good luck out there in the dating world. And I was like, huh, what's this about? Like, I don't know why, but it's like, maybe it's the <laughs> me liking, what's it called? Mysterious people that drew me mm-hmm. in. But I was like, what is this guy about? So I messaged him back and kind of started talking. And I realized that he lived 10 minutes from me, which is insane. That's insane. Yeah. That's what are the chances? If that's how to sign, I don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I, I know, right? Um, Yeah. And so after like, I don't know, a few messages, he asked me out on a date to get coffee. And I want to clarify that on Reddit, like there's no profile pictures. You don't know what each other looks like at all. Um, But he asked me on a date. He sent a selfie and I was like, okay, he's cute. Like I'll go on the date. I still hadn't sent him a selfie yet. So we ended up meeting for coffee the next morning and it was really nice. Like it was a lovely date. It wasn't like crazy spark chemistry, which I think is important. Maybe we can talk about more later, but it was just pleasant. And I was like, I'd see him again. I enjoyed that. And then from there on out, like we just kept dating and then we ended up together. (laughs) Amazing. I love the story. I feel like it just proves you really can find love anywhere. I mean, do you think Reddit is a good place to try to meet someone? (laughs) You know, I get asked this a lot. I wouldn't necessarily say yes, because I feel like if you're going on it with that intention, you're going to find a lot of interesting characters. But you, I think it's good to keep your options open, like keep your mind open. And like, if someone DMs you, you know, like maybe reply. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, posting in the dating I've posted a dating over 30, but my, my handle on Reddit is dating intentionally. I'm weird. I'm not anonymous. You know, like that, that is pretty clear who I am. But people have messaged me on there, like trying to t- chat, you know, like oh, they really? think I'm single. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it, it could be a way to attract someone. But yeah, I would say probably not super reliable. And like, 
what are the chances they live within 10 minutes from you? I mean, that's, yeah, yeah that's huge. <laughs> I will say, so you can have like flair on your, when you post, you can have a little tag that says like ASL basically. <laughs> um, so I had my location there and I will say that a year or two prior, I met another person on Reddit who lived in Oakland. So like relatively nearby and we dated for a short time so you know maybe it's what? not the worst <laughs> that's a, wait oh my god i didn't know that you that someone else on reddit does grant know this <laughs> does he, does. he know he's not the he first does. one not the only <laughs> yeah i i told him after and i was like sorry i've actually dated someone else from reddit <laughs> that's so funny so yeah i mean i guess you know you mentioned earlier you quit dating apps it's funny because it's like do you see other platforms such as reddit or even facebook or even like a rover, are they dating apps? Like anything, anywhere thing where you're talking to people could potentially be a dating app. No, <laughs> no, I agree. I feel like you know what? Like, don't shut down any avenues. Like, what if it's like the meetup app? You never know. Right. Like, right. Yeah. But um, what was it about actually, dating apps that you were like, I, I'm done with this? So I've been on them for like six years. So it wasn't for lack of trying. Like I did it a lot, and I just personally had a hard time with the concept of going on so many dates and experiencing so much rejection like it's natural like you're going to reject and experience a lot of rejection if you're on the dating apps and it it just it is what it is but I think I had just like collected enough frustrating bad experiences that I was like you know what like for my mental and emotional health like I need a break from this 200 dates is a lot of little traumas to undergo right so that's why like I realized for me I was just I needed to take a break or be done, but I don't think they're inherently bad. Like, I think they're really just neutral. They're a tool to meet people just like any other thing. When you made the decision, did you feel any FOMO? Like, okay, wow, I am in my 30s and I am now cutting off this potential channel for meeting someone? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I didn't only because I had gone through the cycle of like deleting, redownloading so many times that when I did it this time, it was very intentional. And I said, I believe in the fact that I will find love some way. And I feel in my gut that dating apps aren't going to be the way for me. And so I like really put so much effort into cultivating this like faith and trust in the process mm. or whatever you want to call it. And so I really leaned on that. And it, that was like really, really important for me and my mental health. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like you close the store to dating apps, but maybe it opened other doors to like, other avenues, which ended up being Reddit, you know, to meeting people. <laughs> I think maybe when you delete dating apps, maybe subconsciously you have a more open mind in other, like in terms of how you could meet someone because dating apps are very straightforward, even though they're annoying as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I will say that, yeah, when I deleted them, like, first of all, it changed my energy because I think it just, it let go of this thing that was like a thorn in my side. And it also made me be like, okay, dating apps are gone, but now I have all this extra time and energy. What do I do with it? So I was like out in the world. I was like at cafes. I was going to classes. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was like making eye contact with cute guys. So I was putting in the effort and the energy. I just like wasn't doing it through the dating apps. Right. De deleting dating apps isn't enough. I agree. I love it. You were putting in energy. So what advice do you have for someone who's in their 30s and, and they're single and they think it's like, oh my God, it's over. There's no one left. Well, yeah. First of all, I just think we need to like throw this idea that dating in your 30s is bad in the trash because it's so not. Like I, I mean, granted, I only dated for, I guess, two years in my 30s, but I honestly had 
just as many matches, if not more. I think just because I learned how to write a better profile, I got professional pictures taken. I had a way better filter. I was more confident. So it was just like easier to say no to fuck boys or I would send someone was like unavailable or whatever. And I would just Mm -hmm. say no. And so the people that I was choosing from were just better. I had better experiences overall. So maybe that's a hot take, but like, I really think dating in your thirties is better than dating in your twenties. I think I agree. I mean, I only dated for a couple months when I was 30, but I would say I would still count. And mentally, when I was 29, I was 30. (laughs) (laughs) I I get that. (laughs) I was like, "Eh, let's just skip this one. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I think that's really good advice. I think, I don't know about you, but I do get a lot of people in my DMs really believing that it is over if they're like in their mid to late 30s or beyond. It's like that, that mindset, how is it serving you? If you want partnership, obviously, if you don't, cool, that's fine. But if you want it, it's like, yeah, putting energy towards it. I think I think it's inevitable. Like, I think if you put energy towards it, it, it will inevitably happen. Yeah, I completely agree. That's I kind of go by this thing that it's like what you seek is seeking you. So if you have this like really strong desire in your heart for love and a partnership, like you're going to find it. It just it might not be tomorrow. It might be in five years, but like you're mm-hmm. not going to be single forever. Yeah. I mean, also it's part of it's our choices. Like you were talking about this offline, but you know, you met Grant and you said that there were some icks you ran into, (laughs) you know, when you first started to get to know him. And yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about that and how you got through that? Yeah. So I think people who've been on the apps or just like been dating a while will relate to this. Like when you are used to people that are like avoiding inconsistent and people that you feel like you're always chasing their attention, when you finally meet someone that is secure and healthy and wants you, like you might feel like at first, like the attention and just the fact that they want you is so disarming because, you know, it's just not what you encounter on the apps a lot of the time. So when I met Grant and he was just into me and like treated me so well, super sweet, went out of his way for me, like my initial knee-jerk reaction was like, ew, why do you like me so much? (laughs) The classic ick that like I always laugh about with him. (laughs) He offered to pick me up from the airport a couple months in. And for whatever reason, I think he he wanted to park his car and like meet me on foot rather than just like driving up to pick me up. And I remember because he thought it was like the chivalrous thing to do, right? And like he had really good intentions. But in my mind, I was just like tired from my flight. And I was like, why the hell would you want to pick me up on foot? And then like we walked to the car, like just yeah, pick me up. Yeah, I, I don't know. But basically like him trying to be sweet, I got the ick from it. Like the whole drive home, I was just like, is he like dumb? Like, why would he do that? Wait, oh, so and you it, actually, you didn't say anything? You were like. No, I did. Oh, I did. Oh. Okay. I, I said over the phone, like, cause he called me, he's like, oh, I'm almost there. Like I'm walking. And I was like, what do you mean you're walking? And then I told him, I was like, get back in your car. Like I want to be picked up in the car. <laughs> so we, we figured it out, but like the egg had been done. For a second, I was thought you were going to say that his hands were weird. And then I knew, I was like, oh boy, how did, <laughs> no. how did you get, no, but like, so I mean, yeah, I think this is a pretty common thing. Like we get we get icked out by random things. You just never even think predict. How do you rationalize it? How do you like, you know what? It's fine. Let's just like forget this happened or move on. (laughs) Yeah. So luckily, like 
from my situation, Chip, actually, I had experience with getting the ick from someone being too into you. And like, I totally sabotaged that situation, but I had learned enough to be able to recognize like, okay, I feel this ick. I feel this avoidant feeling, but I don't have to act on it. And so I sort of like sat with my feelings and and let them pass. And then I eventually actually communicated it to Grant. And I was like, hey, like, I'm feeling kind of avoidant right now. I just want to let you know, like, you don't need to do anything about it. Like, this is my thing to work through, but I just want to tell you so it's not this like dirty secret that I'm harboring. How did he receive that? Like, what was his response? I think he was grateful that I told him because he could definitely feel my energy shift. And he was like, what is with this? Like, what did I do? And so he heard it and he was like, man, that sucks. Like, I really like you. I don't know why you're feeling this way. And I was like, I know it's my problem. So it was obviously like a challenge for him to hear because he'd been nothing but nice to me. But then I think over time, like as he knew that I was working on it and he knew that he didn't do anything wrong, like it kind of helped us both continue forward because of the communication versus like distancing from each other. Yes. I hope more people will take that as an example of like how to model secure behavior by working with your attachment style. Like I have the same thing. I'm also avoidant. And sometimes if Johnny and I are in, are in it and we're in like a discussion or like he makes me upset, I go quiet, right? I'm like, I withdraw. And at first he was like, oh my God, like talk to me, talk to me. And I'm like, literally I can't. Like I just, I need a minute. So I had to like learn how to just say like, hey, like I will talk to you. I just like need like about three to five minutes of just <laughs> yeah, like we will move forward, but like give me just a couple minutes to like calm down and like regulate myself so we can have a productive conversation. And like, yeah. it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear that, but at least he knows what's up. And it's like, and I'm, I'm still working on my avoidance too. So yeah, yeah, us. yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. And I, I will say like something that's so interesting about avoidant and anxious feelings is that they can really differ based on the person. So I'm normally an anxious attacher, like all my dating life, like 90% of my experiences were me being anxious. But then when you date someone that is like, you know, switches you the other way, like you can polarize, which was also like a total mind fuck for me when I was dating Grant. <laughs> yes, I had this, I had the same thing. I typically was like anxious. It's fascinating to me. I think it is really cool just like talking about it and normalizing it because a lot of us have these attachment wounds in some form, you know, it's a spectrum um, and it's not weird, right? You just have to like know how to verbalize it and let your partner know what's going on and then you can move forward. Exactly. So I have a listener question that I would love to like get into with you. So I'm going to read it and then we can answer it. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So I 27, I don't know the gender of this person, but I 27 met him. Okay. A man 37, <laughs> two and a half months ago. So this is a 27-year-old and a 37-year-old. He just completed his divorce eight months ago. He has a kid with his ex-wife. He introduced me to his kid through FaceTime once. We mo- we met mostly once a week, texting and calling every day. We had a trip together. We were vibing well. After two months, I ended up asking him what's his, atten- his intention and what he thinks about being exclusive. He took a few days to think about it and finally, finally said he's not ready yet, but he's still seeing someone else too. He hasn't fully recovered from the divorce. I decided to just be platonic friends like he asked for, and he hasn't texted me back for a week. What do you think about this? Well, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I think that dating anyone after their divorce is super risky. Like, I don't think that there is a timeline that you can put on it, but I think like one year post-divorce is like a pretty safe minimum because as he, I, I'm assuming this is a woman, as she mentioned, he... Mm-hmm 
is like not over his divorce yet. And so pretty much no matter what, if you're dating a newly divorced person, you're signing yourself up for a situationship for some time, especially if there's kids involved. So, I mean, it's good that she's like being platonic with him, but I think that in order for this to succeed, if I ever had a chance, she needs to just like back off and remove herself for a while. Yeah. That's my thought too, is like, why would you be platonic friends? He is, he said, just be platonic friends like he asked for. So I chose this question mm-hmm. because it really relates to the cool girl thing, I think, of like, mm-hmm. oh, he asked me friends, so I guess that's what we're doing. And it's like, if that's not cool with you, don't do that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I like, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I've done this too. But this whole idea of like trying to be friends with someone that you are romantically or sexually involved with, like, don't, you don't have to do it unless you truly think that it, like this friendship is so worth it. Yeah. But other... In most cases, no. You know, of the 64 people I met when I was dating, like, at 29, 30, there was one guy I would have considered being actual friends with because we had a lot in common with, like, entrepreneurship. It's like, if I didn't want to keep dating them, I definitely didn't want to be friends with them. You know, it's, like, part of it. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I definitely feel for this person. I agree. I think, yeah, like, one year – it's different for everyone, right? Like someone could be really checked out of their marriage for many years or like like they're separated for years and years and they finally get divorced and maybe then it's they've moved on. But I agree that it is messy. And then, yeah, it's like two months. He's already seeing someone else. He's also seeing someone else. I think that's also kind of a red flag. Like, I don't know. I feel like two months is a long time to see two people. Yeah, I agree. I feel it's hard when you're multi-dating. Like if you're vibing with one person, I personally found it hard to like, keep dating someone else it's like longer than a few dates even did you multi-date i did for sure yeah it was it was uh prescripted by the feminine program i was in but in general i found it helpful i know yeah that's funny um so what do you think she should do i think that she should well first of all she should decide like does she truly want to be friends with him and my guess is no my guess is that she just wants to stay in contact in hopes that he will decide he wants to be with her So in that case, I think that she should set a boundary and say, hey, it's been great getting to know you, but I want to give you space to process your divorce. Like, please let me know if and when you become ready for a relationship. Yeah, I like that. I would send us something like that, too. And I I would move on, look at other other prospects. Mm -hmm. It's great advice. Yes. (laughs) My last question for you is, it's a two-parter. What do you hope to see more of in dating culture within the next year? Ooh, overall, I'm really into the whole resurgence of like IRL in real life dating. I, I've i been hearing about like Bumble's putting on like live mixer events and stuff like that. Like it feels like people, maybe it's after the pandemic, maybe it's just that dating apps are annoying people, but people are way more feeling like they want to meet people in person. So I want to keep seeing like that kind of grow and people talk to other people in public and like and interact rather than just being behind their screens like that would make me so happy (laughs) yes okay what do you hope to see less of in dating culture oh i want to see less of like low accountability behavior like ghosting and just treating people badly because they're like oh you only went on one date or you don't even know them like i just think that that whole thing is dumb and that you should treat people with respect regardless of how long you've known them. And I can't stand that thing of like, you don't owe them anything. It's like, yeah, you do. They're a human. Like, treat them like a human. 
Yeah, I think that you don't owe them anything can be good advice, but it's not always. It depends on the like, situation. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, you owe people basic respect um, and a definitely accountability on your actions. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, where can dating intentionally listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah, so the main place is my Instagram. It's my handle's looking for something serious. Um, same title as my book. And I think that's probably the best place, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm on there a lot. (laughs) You're one of my favorite follows. uh, And I really appreciate you for sharing everything you shared today. This has been great. Oh, thank you. No, I'm so glad that we connected and we're real life friends now. It's great. I don't know about you, but I find Lauren's story so inspiring. I hope you enjoyed this discussion and I'd love to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode with Lauren? You can DM me on Instagram at dating.intentionally. I'd love to hear from you. And also you can reach Lauren anytime at looking for something serious on Instagram. Thank you for listening. I'd love it if you share this episode with someone who's navigating dating and might need a little confidence boost or some tough love. If any of these episodes have helped you in your journey, you can help me by leaving a stunning review on Apple or giving Dating Intentionally five stars on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. Once again, I'm Talia and this has been Dating Intentionally and I'll catch you next time.